Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. You're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast for hairstylists. Here, we dive deep into topics that go far beyond the chair. I'm your host, Misty Jane, and I'm a money coach for stylists who want more out of their lives. I help you enhance your mindset around money, get out of debt, and create a life of peace. I'm on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? You're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks. Today, I'm talking with my friend, Samantha Bolin. She is an independent stylist in Tennessee. And today, we are talking about Money Beyond the Chair. So Money Beyond the Chair is a course that I created helping stylists to get their financial shit together. You've probably heard me talk about this course before. It's very near and dear to my heart. Samantha went through my program. And I wanted to chat with her because there's a lot of misconception around what it means to get your financial shit together. There's a lot of fear of paying money to actually help you get your shit together. Um, There's a lot of reservation around kind of what that looks like. What do you get out of a course like that? What do you learn? Um, And all the things. So I thought it would be really important to talk to somebody who has been through it. So Samantha was kind enough to come on and share a little bit about her story, um, why she decided to get involved with Money Beyond the Chair, and how it has completely changed her and her family's life. I am leaving a link in the show notes. Um, If this resonates with you and you are ready to do like Samantha did and take some action in changing your life, you can click on that link. and get money beyond the chair for yourself. Um, again, it's a it's a course that is near and dear to my heart. It's exactly what I did to get myself out of debt, to get myself in a better financial situation, um, and it is helping stylists literally across the U.S. at this point. And I just could not, could not, could not be happier and. Um, just grateful for the fact that people trust me to help them with something that, like I said, literally changes your life forever. Guys, money ain't going nowhere. It ain't. And if it stresses you out, you need to build a better relationship with it. And that is exactly what this course helps you do. So please enjoy um, and welcome Samantha. Hello, Samantha. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. Hello. How are you doing today? 
I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So I'm really excited to talk with you because we're actually going to talk a little bit about um, my money beyond the chair course because you have went through it. And I kind of just want to get like an insider's point of view of kind of, you know, why you wanted to sign up, um, the fears you had, you know, go, you know, signing up in general and kind of what you learned through the whole process. But before we begin, who are you and what do you do? I am Samantha Bolin and I am a hairdresser. I'm a mama and I am now um, a money manager. Ooh, I love that. (laughs) So do you feel that way now? Like you feel confident in your, in your spending choices now? Absolutely. Absolutely. My mind shut, my mindset has shifted so much and I'm just, I'm a lot more conscientious about everything I do with money. Awesome. Let's start a little bit from the beginning. What made you want to sign up in the first place? Like, where were you mindset wise at that point? Um, money was kind of like a shameful thing. I, we had dug ourselves, I'm married. Um, so my husband and I had dug ourselves into a little bit of a, a debt hole, um, that we were just tired of being in. Um, and I saw your course and I'm like, well, if I could just find a way to lay the foundation, um, to manage money, we could, we could get ourselves out of it. Our situation was a little bit different at that time because my husband had been offered an out-of-state job. Um, so we had planned on selling the house and using the profit from the house to pay off all of our debt. And it's like, well, if we can just wipe that and start fresh and like manage our money properly, it will set us up for super good success. Um, but that didn't happen. And we had to learn, how to manage without that big chunk of money in the beginning. Right. And how did that feel? Was that scary? It was a little scary, but it was also kind of empowering. Yeah. Now why? Um, just, well, the, the course helped that just taking the first step to sign up for the course, um, to learn how to get my shit together was it's an empowering step. It's almost liberating. Like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to, make it happen. (laughs) Well, you're making a choice, right? Like you're, you know what, something's not right. I'm making a choice to make a change. Sometimes that first step is first, the hardest. Yeah. You know, admitting you have a problem. (laughs) 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 Now, what was your fear? My fear honestly was just spending more money to learn how to manage money. Right. That's most people's fear. Yeah. Do you feel like you got your money back? Absolutely. Yeah. How do you feel like you got it back? Um, by not spending so much money at Target and just <laughs> paying attention to, to the little things. It's the little um, leaks in the ship that make it sink, you know? Right, right. Would you mind sharing your experience on assessing your situation? Oh my gosh. We, my husband and I sat down um, one Friday afternoon and we had a money date. We made it fun. I had a glass of red wine. He had a beer and we printed off our bank statement and (laughs) I combed through everything. And I noticed that our biggest, my biggest spending trigger was Target. And I spent over $900 at Target one month. And I was like, oh, uh oh. And this isn't like on groceries and stuff. This is just little knickknacks and things that honestly, we probably didn't need, um, that I was just like, Oh, I have the app on my phone. So I'm going to get bored and shop. (laughs) Right. Do you feel like you could go around your house right now and pick out those things that like made the $900? 
No, I, um, no, probably not. They're probably either they were probably junk or we consumed them in some way, shape or form, or I threw them away because that's what I do. I don't like clutter. (laughs) That's the crazy part, isn't it? Is like, yeah, it really is. I feel like the secret sauce is paying attention, which sounds a little too simple, you know, but sometimes simplicity is like, that's it. That's the secret sauce. (laughs) Do you, did you feel like when you signed up for the course, it was going to be more difficult? Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. What did you, what did you think it was going to be like? So I, I'm located in Franklin, Tennessee, which is also where Dave Ramsey's headquarters are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have had a lot of exposure to that my whole life because he's always kind of been based here. Um, and I thought it was going to be probably a little bit similar to that. Um, like you don't eat out unless you're, or you, you should never see the inside of a restaurant unless you're working there. If you're in debt, like something like that, which is super intimidating and it makes you feel a little shame, you know? Yeah. Which you already feel before you signed up. So yeah, because you feel more. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting because I think that's the biggest difference. And mm-hmm. what I try to do is like, I'm a money spender. You know, people think I'm not, I am. I was the one who got myself into debt, you know, but I think when you figure out a way of, of getting your financial shit together in a way that you still can enjoy life and enjoy life for longer, because you're also setting yourself up for your future. You know, that's where the difference is. I mean, it took me two years to pay off our $48,000. And if we never walked into a restaurant, never bought ourselves anything, like we would have given up. Yeah. it, it can, the thought of paying off debt and building wealth can seem so daunting and miserable because there's such a stigma behind money. Yeah. Yeah. How quickly do you feel like you felt more in control? Probably within like the first week or two after we printed off, once we had our money date and got a good broad picture of our financial life, we we felt good about it and felt like, okay, we know what we need to do to retake control of everything. That's awesome. That's, that's quick. It is quick. It's quick to feel empowered, you know? Yeah. I think that that's the, that's the thing is like people avoid it because it's stressful, mm-hmm. you know, when, when really the answer is to just stop avoiding it. Yeah. You know, just stop avoiding it. Yeah. Yeah. Even some of my one-on-one clients, you know, they'll get stressed out kind of halfway through and they'll send me a message of like, I'm just feeling off. And I'll say, go sit down and and reassess your situation. And then they'll always feel better. You know, I know it's always, that's such a, it's self-care. I've seen you post about it before. Like you have to do the things that are hard Mm -hmm. to really, um, to care for yourself and make yourself feel better. Even when you don't want to do it, like just assess it and figure it out. Yep. Yep. Awareness. hundred percent. What do y'all do now? Like what is the difference in what you used to do? And then like what you do now, um, that makes the biggest difference in your finances. I personally, I don't, I can't say this for my husband, but me, I practice the pause. And when I want to purchase something, um, like the maybe tomorrow challenge, I'll just, maybe I tell myself, we're going to think about it maybe tomorrow. And if I'm not still thinking about the thing the next day, then I don't get it. 
For those listening, um, you may have heard me talk about this before, but the maybe tomorrow challenge is every time you go to want to buy something, you would just say, you know what, maybe I'll buy it tomorrow. And then the next day you try and do it again and you see how long you can go. What happens when you do that? 99% of the time I don't need, or I don't want the thing anymore. Like, you either oh. forget about it or you yeah. realize you don't need it. Or you find like an alternative. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, <laughs> I wanted to decorate my house a couple of weeks ago. And of course, like naturally you're like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Target or I'm going to go to home goods. And I was like, no, maybe tomorrow we're going to think about it. So I um, actually went out to my garage and went through my old storage buckets of home decor and <laughs> found literally what I was looking for, like uh, that I had in mind already at my house. <laughs> right. That's the crazy part because yeah. that's the awareness, right? Is like, yeah, it is. it's so easy to just walk into a store and just buy shit again. I do it all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, and I'll, I'll walk in there and I'll go, what am I doing? I literally have this at home or yeah. I don't need this. Or the person that walks in my house isn't going to be like, oh, there should be another Christmas tree over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Now, this is something I don't talk about often. And it just made me think of that. So do, did you ever feel like you purchased things in the past? Um, I don't want to say because of other people's judgments, but like, you want to be a perfectionist or, you know, if somebody walks in your house, you want it to like look perfect. So almost like other people's thoughts. Absolutely. Like I feel like Instagram and Pinterest have such an influence on my purchases at times because it, I want everything to always be picturesque in my home. And it's not because we live there and I, I don't live in a Pinterest board, you know, but I feel like I would do it to, try to impress other people. Right. That was a big one for me too. Um, especially I remember doing my son's birthday parties oh my and I would go all out. I would buy yeah. all the decorations and fancy cakes. And I mean, I would spend so hundreds of dollars on a one to two year old birthday party. Like, and then one day, well, really, once we started getting our financial shit together, I realized nobody cares if I'm using fancy plates, like plastic okay. plates. <laughs> like, no, you know, one no one does. As long as the food's good, people are happy. That's yeah. okay. So I think that we do that a lot. And, um, I never realized how much I cared about how, what other people thought until mm -hmm. I started doing that. And then even as far as when a friend calls and says, you know, Hey, do you want to go to brunch or on a weekend getaway or, you know, whatever I got in the habit of going, no, I can't, you know? And yeah. And not even having to explain it, yeah. You know, but sometimes no, it's it goals, right? So y'all did. Y'all ended up selling your house, right? We did. We did end up getting yeah. to that point that we did that. Yeah. So how was that? Like, what brought y'all to do that? One. Okay. Um. So we ever since he turned down the job in Missouri, um, he just couldn't get out of his head. Mark was like we could be financially free if we would just like all this house, like the housing market is crazy. Um, like if we would just take the leap of faith, we could be free. And I'd roll my eyes. That's silly. We don't need to sell the house. And finally um, we met with a realtor and we had like a magic number in our head. Um, and if he didn't want to list it, that we were, we were no go. He did not want to list it because in my opinion, it was an absurd amount of money for a house. Um, <laughs> 
but my husband thought it was a good number. Anyways, the day we were going to tell the realtor, no, he texted us that he had a cash offer for us. That was $20,000 over the magic number. So we were like, hello, God, we hear you. It's time for us to make this jump. Um, so within, first of all, our house sold never going on the market. And then second of all, like we were closed within a month of that decision. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you feel like that would have happened if you didn't take the course? No, I don't think it would have. I don't think, I feel like the course was a big catalyst to get us to that point because we were hyper aware of our spending. We were hyper aware of, um, of our debt and having a plan to pay it off. Um, and we actually, when we decided that we were not going to sell the house, um, we had come up with a plan to get everything paid off in seven months. Um, so we, I feel like it was such a mindset shift for us because we were focused on getting that paid off and building wealth for ourselves in the future to be able to retire eventually and send our kids to college and do all of the things. Right. It's crazy when you start putting your energy, like mindset energy towards something. It really is. Yeah. The first year that we started our debt payoff, um, we got free, like, um, our energy bill for a whole summer and it wasn't even like our fault. Like it, like something was wrong with our. We would call every month cause we were getting bills for like $4 in the summertime, you know? And, and we would call and be like, Hey, like something's wrong. And they were like, Oh, you know, it's fine. Like, it'll probably be, you know? And then finally they were like, we're going to send someone out. So it was like four or five months later and we were still getting $4 electric bills and we were running our AC. And we finally got a letter that was like, it was our fault and you don't have to pick back pay. And, and we were like, incredible. this would have never happened. No, never happened if we weren't paying attention or the money that would have went to that, we would have just blew anyway. You right. know? So I think that that's, that's amazing. So did y'all just turn around and pay off all your debt right then? We, as soon as the profit from the house hit our bank account, we sat down and paid off every single dime of debt. Yeah, which I'm going to use numbers. It was in total consumer debt, $38,000 that we got to sit and pay off. That included two credit cards and both of our cars. Yes. Fun. Yeah. So you basically just gave yourself a raise. Yeah, pretty much. So what do you do with that money now? I mean, you don't have to like um, specifics. We put it in the savings. We we're renting a house right now. So obviously we're going to have to buy again. So we're putting it towards our dream house. Um, and just, we actually have a clear vision of what we truly want in a home now. Um, and we can, we can afford that because we're not drowning in debt. So we're just putting everything extra into savings. Do you feel better about your spending? Like your everyday spending? Absolutely. Yeah. I do not eat out lunch as much because I'm like, Oh wait, I could put that into my house account instead of eating it. Um, I don't mindlessly spend. I just, I, I pay attention. It's awareness. It's really awareness. What would you say your biggest mindset shift is like, as far as like, just thinking about your why and what you really want? Um, I think my biggest mindset shift is that money is not evil. It is when you, eliminate the stigma behind it and stop looking at it from a shameful perspective and you use it, use its power for good things. Like it, it does good. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
I love that. Well, I think a lot of times people think that they hear the words rich and wealthy and they think kind of evil, right? Yeah. They they think, yeah. Like, are we been told that, you know, we have our whole lives, our whole lives, you know, and especially if you grew up with like working class parents, like Mm -hmm. I did, you know, and it's not that they said money was evil, but it was like being rich and wealthy just wasn't an option. Right. You know? So you almost think, well, it's not an option, so it's not possible. And what does rich even mean? Right. You know, I'm not rich. I can't get on a private jet, but I feel rich, you know? So it's like a security. I think abundance to me, I've been looking at it from such a different perspective, like being able to go and buy my meat from the local butcher shop and being able to have fresh flowers on the table and just a happy home that my family can come home to that is not just filled with stress all the time because money, it can be stressful if you don't have a grip on it. Um, and just like little things like that, I feel like wealth to me, obviously not like money wealth, but mindset wealth is just, it's the little things. Yeah. And if you have money, if you're a good person and you have money, it just makes you be able to be a good person even more. So like, it's just a a vehicle, right? Like it just helps. It's a tool. Yeah. That helps and you be able it. to like tip people better and just yes. do little things. It just, you, you feel good. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I totally, totally agree. Um, it, money's not evil at all. It's you need, and we need it. Everyone needs it. Everyone, Everyone. needs it. We can't live life without it. No. And you're going to need it for the rest of your life. Having a healthy relationship with it can go so far. Right. Now, was your husband nervous about doing the course or was he just kind of along for the ride? Did he even know? He is the most mellow along for the ride kind of dude there is. He was like, you spent money to take a money course. It's like, yes, but I promise you will help us. He's like, whatever you say. Okay. Yeah. And what does he say now? He, he's thankful for it. He's so happy that we can sit down and have open conversations about our spending and set budgets together and having money dates just as a part of our weekly routine. It's helped strengthen our relationship too. I agree. It's a communication thing, you know? Yes. I love money dates. They're like my favorite. They are so much fun. For those listening, a money date is essentially like a time you set aside with your significant other or whoever it is that you make your financial decisions with. Um, And you do it in a fun way. Like I really try and teach that you don't just like sit at the table with the calculator, like you grab a glass of wine, do it around a fire pit, you know, make it enjoyable and sit down and talk about your dreams and talk about literally the first steps on how you can start making them happen. And that's when you sit down and do your budget, things like that. Um, But the cool part, I mean, now my husband and I are five years into our journey and our money dates at the beginning, all the things we wished and dreamed and wanted now we have. So now we get to go, God, remember when we wanted this house, now we have it. And then now we can go, God, I can't wait to get this pool. And I'm sure in two, three years when we're sitting by the pool, we're going to go, remember when we used to talk, you know, so it's, it's almost like a cool, um, it's like a celebration money can be a celebration, you know? And it's cool to have a vision with your partner in life and like have things that you're working towards together and to just, just being on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing, you're a mom, you know, I mean, your kids are always going to see you sit down and have a positive conversation around money. 
Yeah. So, and that will, that will mold their relationship yeah. with money for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And I always recommend, especially people with a little bit older kids that involve their kids in the money dates. Yeah. You know? I have, um, an eight-year-old daughter and she, she's starting to understand a little bit. So she's gotten a little bit more involved with our money dates and she thinks it's really cool. Has she asked to put something in the budget? My son wants tacos on it all the time. Oh, they always ask for McDonald's to be yeah. put into the budget, which I make room for that because yeah. who doesn't love a good chicken nuggets? Exactly. Yeah. Declan one time I was like, what do you want us to budget for? And he was like, tacos. And I was like, done, easy. <laughs> all right. They are asking us to budget for Disney World right now. And I'm like, mm, that's, a, that's a tall ask, kids. I'll tell you, someone who just took, we took our son to Disney World the beginning of this year. Yeah. Start saving now. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's what we told them, like, it may not be immediately, but we, we can start saving and working yeah. towards that. Totally worth it, but I cannot believe it. Disney World is expensive. I mean, we could have went yeah. to Mexico like three times. Oh my gosh. You That's know? what I was telling them. They don't understand that though, obviously. I'm like, wouldn't you rather just go to the beach? Like, um, is Mickey Mouse there? No, no. No, exactly. Not. Well, my He's son. years on. <laughs> he made the mistake of showing, my son loves Mario Brothers. And oh. Japan Disney World has a Mario World. And I oh made the mistake of showing him YouTube videos of it. And he was like disappointed that we weren't taking him to Japan. <laughs> well, that would be much more, much more saving to get yeah. to that point, huh? Well, and the fact that, I mean, even a two hour plane ride, he complains about, like I can't yeah. even. <laughs> so I love how they're little brains. I love how they work. I love and he it. he just doesn't understand, you know, no. like, you, you, we would literally be on an airplane for like two days. Mm-mm. And he's like, how many minutes? <laughs> you know? oh hey, Google, how many minutes is two days? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So what would you say to somebody who is hesitant? Maybe they're thinking about it, but they kind of have the same mindset. Why would I pay to do something that I could do myself? Or, you know, what would you say to that person? Just do it. You get your money back in the long run. And having a foundation for your money and just the, the simple things, just the little things make the biggest difference. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not a big, scary thing. I think people, a lot of times think of, um, the big overwhelming picture Mm -hmm. and forget, you know, that you've got to like take the first step and then the second step and then the third step. And usually the steps are easy, you know, they are. Yeah. It's just taking those steps. Right. All right. Last question. Actually, I might ask maybe two more. (laughs) What is your favorite thing to splurge on? Oh my gosh. I love clothes. Yeah. I will spend money on clothes. Yep. All day long. Now, do you go expensive clothes or do you do a lot of inexpensive clothes? I like higher, like I don't have a lot of clothes, but they cost more money. Um, they're not like designer clothes by any means, but I liked, I shop small. I, I make a conscientious effort to support local businesses. So I go to boutiques, like local boutiques, and that is where my wardrobe comes from. Um, that. So yeah, I like to spend money on clothes for sure. Yeah. That's like me and Lululemon. I'm like, I'll just, I'll take everything, please. Yes. All of it. But if it lasts 10 years. Yes. 
Like I have a jacket that's been in my closet for literally 10 years. And my kids have asked me before, like, how long have you had that? Like, 10 years. Right. Solid 10 years. And you still fit in it? And like, barely, but I do. But Not the point. Is, <laughs> it lasts. <laughs> do you see a hole in it? I don't think so. <laughs> Even if it is there, it's on purpose. I love it. All right. So I'm going to ask you the last question. And this is actually a question that I'm starting to ask all my guests that come on the podcast. So you've okay. heard it, but what failure quote unquote, are you the most thankful for? Maxing out my credit card oh. uh, in my mid twenties. Yeah. And explain. If I wouldn't have had that big balance on a credit card, I wouldn't have been worried about paying off debt and getting my getting my financial shit together I would have just been like oh I can keep swiping away and just having fun and I I just I never would have thought about it you know yeah and I love that because especially considering if you felt a lot of shame around money you know beforehand and now it's like you even the thing that you felt shame around now is like probably something you're going to think about forever in in a good positive way yeah it's changed my relationship with money and and having a credit card because it can be used for good and just makes, I'm appreciative for it for sure. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, there aren't really any failures, you know, I I like this question for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. I know we think it's just a big, bad failure when it's just, it's just a life lesson. Yep, exactly. And we have to look at it like that. It goes back to the mindset, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, I feel like if we look at things like, oh, that was just such a big mistake and such a big failure, then we didn't learn anything. Nope. We did not. We're just playing the shame game and that, that takes us nowhere. Right. Oh, I like that. Playing the shame game. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha, thank you so much. Thank you so much. One for trusting me to guide you through the foundation of your journey. That is not over, not even close to being over. Not even um, close. I'm so excited for you and I love watching it and I hope you always like fill me in on all of your awesome wins and yeah, thank you so much and continue to, you know, talk about it, continue to be a voice in our industry or to clients um, just because you never know who you're inspiring to change their life. You know, thank you. It's so important to have the conversation and thank you for opening the door and creating this course for our industry because it's, it's a need. Yeah. It's a big need. We need to know how to manage our money and to build wealth for ourselves because they don't teach us that in beauty school. They don't teach it in any school. It's like, yeah, that's even, true. They don't. I don't, I don't even understand it. You know, it's like, I had a client yesterday that was like, you know, your course is for everyone. I was like, I know. I was like, yeah. I, I know that, but I love the hair industry yep. now. And it's like, I just really want, I, we need it. I mean, yeah. Half of us get into this industry because it, me included, because I just want to do what the hell I want. Yeah, um, you know, right? nobody tells you you can make six figures either. No you, one. you know, you start no thinking, one. oh, I just don't want to work in a restaurant, so I'm just going to do hair. Right. You know? And then next thing you know, you're bringing in all this money, and you don't know what to like, do with it. What do I do with it? And then you spend it. You spend it on silly things. Yep. Yep. I want to normalize people, you know, going on expensive vacations or having, being in nicer neighborhoods so that, cause I know people in my neighborhood sometimes will ask me what I do. And I'm like, Oh yeah, like I'm a hairstylist and I coach stylist. And they just look at me like, Oh, how do you live? Here? Yeah. People look at me like that too. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> like you have no idea. 
Yeah. Like you have no idea about our industry. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating and, and, and kind of fun at the same time. It's like a secret yeah. that we just get to keep. I know it is. <laughs> it, it is like a little secret. I'm like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Samantha, thank you so much for helping normalize the wealthy stylist. I thank you, Misty. It. And I will talk to you soon. Yes. And have a great day. Thank you. You too. Once again, thank you so much for joining me on Backroom Beauty Talks. If this episode resonated with you and you are ready to make a change when it comes to your financial situation, you can find a link in the show notes um, wherever you're listening to this on Spotify or um, on iTunes. And it will direct you to all the information that you need for Money Beyond the Chair. If you have any questions whatsoever, please feel free to reach out to me in the DMs on Instagram at underscore Misty Jane underscore. Um, and I will talk with you on the next one.